It's the fact that I can now have music on my podcast for me. Quite frankly, I'm elated and I'm in a state of euphoria. And with that being said, good morning, sweet world. How are you feeling and how are you breathing? I missed you so much. Welcome back to Extra Ice. <laughs> little bit of a different recording setup today. Usually I have my microphone, but we'll just say I'm figuring something out with it. But I have to say, the quality on iPhone recording is just crispy. It's delicious. It's fine. I'm really not upset about it. <laughs> so with that being said, I bring to you a very beautiful and insightful conversation with Keelan Young from When West Met East Beauty on Instagram. We discuss everything from lack of representation in the beauty industry, Western, Eastern beauty standards, how can we push inclusivity in our day-to-day lives, and so much more. It's been a beautiful delight getting to know her over these last few months, and I hope you get to know her a little better in today's episode. Welcome, Keelan Young. Hello, my love. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. And I'm very happy to be here with you on this lovely weekend to chat, which I feel like we've been trying to do forever. I know. I know. I think things have just been crazy busy, but in good ways. Like the world is slowly starting to start up here. This is a perfect Sunday. So like, I'm really happy. Oh, me too. And thank you for taking the time to be here with me. And it's so lovely how we've connected over the past, I'd say, few weeks um, mm-hmm. online together. And I feel yes. like I've known you for longer. I don't. Maybe that's just me. I really <laughs> well, do. Well, I have. I, I really appreciated watching your page grow, like your mm-hmm. account grow. And just the the aesthetic that you bring, the, the happiness, the, po- the poetic design you bring to your posts. It's just beautiful. I've always been a reviewer, but in the space scene, how so many um, like content creators have started to flourish within like their own uniqueness is very very appealing to me like it's just it's really nice to see oh my love thank you so (laughs) much you're so supportive and sweet Keelan is one of the most supportive and genuine people I've had the pleasure to meet just even you saying this now like you just make me so happy and I'm very grateful for you and I say Mm -hmm. this with all sincerity in me it's so mutual and you really create the definition of a safe space on your platform so please know it's the same for me and I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for everyone too (laughs) (laughs) yeah I would love to hear a little bit more about yourself for those who Mm -hmm. don't know you besides you you know reviewing skincare products who is the beautiful Keelan and tell us a little bit about your story and yourself okay I am a Pisces with sunshine and I'm a Gemini at the moon. So I always tell people I have four crazy little individuals running around on, a reg- on every regular basis when it comes to my personality. I have a plethora of hobbies and I love each one. And I dream almost every single day in a world mm. where I have nothing else to do but sit on my lounger and just contemplate the meaning of pretty much everything I do. I'm from Pittsburgh. I moved to Los Angeles in 2013 and in college, I actually started getting into Korean culture. I loved watching this one show. I ended up totally missing an exam because I watched (laughs) the whole show uh, from that night to like in the morning. It was like the absolute worst. I ended up um, 
dazed and confused, bags under my eyes, but I fell in love with the main actor. His name is Rain. And I just, I couldn't, I had to have more. So I started learning. I took, I started taking like um, my prereq classes and like my um, electives were in Korean culture. Um, I started learning about like um, the historical points of it. And then I got into dramas. Um, So I have a minor in Korean studies and I have a major in marketing and advertising. Um, I moved back to Pittsburgh to kind of find my next goal in life. Um, And then from there I was working for a nonprofit and I started to realize that my skin was just out of, out of control. So I started using the products that I saw, well, at least like lower end models of the products I saw on the shows. And I started ordering stuff online and having it sent to um, my house because Pittsburgh had very little when it comes to Korean um, culture going on. So mm-hmm. I couldn't find a store to save my life. Uh, <laughs> at least not a beauty store. Now, grocery stores and other little things um, the city has, but not like, you know, at the bustling like neighborhood that LA actually has. So after a couple of years, I realized that I was becoming very content with living in Pittsburgh and that just is never going to be me. And I told my best friend in 2013 and uh, 2012 that I was going to move to Los Angeles on October of 2013 and that's exactly what I did um so I started realizing that I was like I'm I'm a big accomplishment kind of person I love taking something off of my list whether it's my bucket list or like my five-year plan and just saying I did that Um, Mm, of course yep so I packed up everything and I moved to Los Angeles and I had a job and within like a week I lost that job because it just was not what you think I mean I had a very good wake-up call of like coming from the east coast going to the west coast it was a very it started very fast for me Um, I moved in with my aunt for a bit and I still was like you know figuring out who I was in this big sphere of California and then I settled within a nice new job in events and I found me a place and then I started to go shopping in the Korean stores in K-Town and I just fell in love like my personality like my vibe is this city for for what it's worth like this they say that Los Angeles is a lot of transients because it's funny um, when we move here we're definitely like interested in either making it or you know in the industry or to some degree and for me it was just making it to the point of happiness like I just I love everything that goes on um good and bad and so it it just always speaks to my soul out being out here and from there i started wwme beauty which means when west met east um because for me that's when i ended up stumbling upon a really just um array of different brands and products that were that were korean and, and taiwanese based and japanese based and I, my skin, just my skin, my confidence, everything just completely shifted when I moved out here and started my brand. So that's a little about my little crazy behind. (laughs) Oh, I had chills hearing your story like that, because as much as I, you know, I've, we've kind of gotten to get to know each other in the past few weeks, months, you know, I hearing it in full is so Mm-hmm. No, I'm I'm like I'm so intrigued by your journey and I love your drive and your confidence to just do it and I think that's hard for a lot of people to just say hey I'm going to do this mm-hmm. and they actually pursue it. Yeah. And I'm very inspired by you. Wow. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it may I hear the happiness in your voice and your your drive is just, you know, I think with your story everything 
every story has like hurdles and whatnot. And I think it's so interesting how you took that one passion from like one night watching a show to kind of making it such a big part of your life, right? Was it really just because of that one show you were so intrigued by Korean culture specifically or did? Yeah. It like, actually is. I actually own the show on my um in DVD form, which is very hard to find no. and also extremely hard to watch. It's even funnier because it's like I I got it from I ordered it when I came to LA. I found out that someone was selling it on um be on a DVD in I think Korea. They had like the box set. <laughs> the problem is that like in Korea they don't really have a lot of like services that provide for um the different like uh. The, the disc translation so like every I have a gaming console I don't have a DVD player um, but it plays DVDs obviously yeah. so but but it's 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 tracked and logged for America right so I bought this in for from Korea and it's tracked the DVD is tracked in Korean so I have to change my system over to like a universal um, use just to watch the DVDs. So it, it really, I would say that I love Rain and his name is B in, in Korean, but re, B means rain in um, Korean. So Rain was my first like experience of seeing one. For me, I was just drawn in by how funny he was. He was tall. He had really like chiseled features to me. He had mm-hmm. long, at that time, <laughs> he had long hair and it looked like a side bang. And then I found out he could sing and dance and I just like, died you like, fell in love uh, oh my gosh like it, and I've actually <laughs> my dream came true he did a performance here at the Hollywood Bowl for um the Korea Fest that they have like once a year it uh, obviously it got canceled because of COVID but um I've gone almost every year and I definitely went the year that he performed and I kid you not I was screaming like a five-year-old oh when he came God. on stage and like he just demanded attention like you see like Celine Dion Beyonce Brandy like like big names that are just really good at commanding the stage he only did four of his most popular songs there were a plethora of people or an acts before him and he ended the night and I, when I say like he just commanded attention he commanded attention. I ran down like the steps of the Hollywood Bowl to get as close as I could, <laughs> just scream and like cry. Like I had a total fangirl moment. So for me, like it, it just it embodied like I, me the curiosity in me. I'm like I wanted to know more. Like wait, these guys are this hot? Like they're they're this tall and they're this like they're like they make them like this. <laughs> he was he was that moment for me and afterward I just started watching just a bunch of Korean dramas and I was always in the anime so I've always was into Asian culture I just hadn't like seen like stuff from the Hollywood wave until that that point and from then I bought his albums I bought his I bought movies whenever I could I have literally every movie that I have that he's been in including like Ninja Assassin I went to see that in theaters so he is like my bias he's my star idol I, I stand if I stand any idol it's him um but as I've grown up you know I got into k-pop a little bit but for me like you're always going to hear the entry point for a lot of girls is going to be oh k-pop for me it's actually k-dramas and and rain specifically little moments like this like seeing rain meeting Lee Min Ho like going to Korea all of this stuff I never thought I would do and it's become such a common thing now so when I got into Korean beauty I I, I I did it because I just wanted to have something that other black women could know existed. Like mm. I, I I have um 
I have like I have genetic acne. Meaning, what I say, and I say that I means that like I have the same conditions that are prone for me to have acne as my grandfather, as my father, as my brother. Mm-hmm. So my brothers get it on his back and his ears. I get it on my face, and I'm lucky that it does not show on my back. So my mom has like perfect skin. My I have my complicated father's hair. I have my father's cheeks, and I have my father's skin. So any type of food can really just throw my entire um, hormonal system off just any type plus I have also hormonal acne as well so I have always lived with conditions of acne blemishes hyperpigmentation you know all of that and I never thought like I was going into my mid-20s thinking I was just gonna have to survive I never wanted to wear makeup I was just never someone that I was just like I I have to figure this out and then one day I went to a dermatologist she prescribed me a topical cream um, that I used instead of anything. She's like, I don't want you to ingest anything because that's extremely stronger. Yours is something that you can control. And you may not even have to come see me anymore if you start to control it. And I kept pictures of my journey with it. I think it, it wasn't, it was the lower level. I forget what they call it. Oh, cause I haven't used it. in so it's like Tactivision or something. It was very, like, it came mm-hmm. in like a small tube. Um, and I used it, I used it, I think for about, six months I only had to get it re-upped once so okay. I, only, I yeah and then I started just looking I started just doing heavy research into Korean skincare and I couldn't afford the higher levels like at that time um history of woo and some 37 I oh yeah <laughs> yeah the high level brands were way out of my price range and I just didn't know like what they would do I couldn't buy the entire set and I was always being taught in Korean dramas and just by Korean like studies is that when they use a single ingredient it's going to be part of a, a, a traditional like five to 10 set. So you're going to have the mask, you're going to have the creams, you're going to have the essence, you're going to have the lotion, you're going to have the gel, you're going to have the active um, apple or serum, and you're going to have the cleanser. I, that's like $300, $400, like off bat. If you ever see like a really big, beautiful set, that sucker is expensive, right? Yep. So I had to start looking at like lower level. The great thing about it though was like, it accommodated they had skin food they had innisfree they have um nature republic all of these brands i could literally build a routine around their products and spend maybe less than fifty dollars to a hundred dollars oh literally and to this day you still could i think yes with a lot of different brands yeah so the the bracket but that didn't that wasn't something i saw in western culture because for me i'd go into like uh, a drugstore and I'll look at Oivale and I can't name anything that I would know. I look at Neutrogena. I think I used to one point Alme and I'm also a sufferer of the dreaded St. Ives because my, my mom didn't know. So mm. my mom would get me things and be like, well, just try this. And I would just suffer through stripping my face and, and making it worse because they're like single, uh, I guess like, oh, it's almonds or, oh, it's this. It's like that stuff isn't even really processed properly. So it's not natural ingredients. It's never natural. And it really would just me- it make things worse for me always. So when I saw how they would say, okay, we're using um, mango or we'll just be using single stuff like olive oil or not um, olive oil, but uh, tea tree oil right. or like um, a single type of like aloe vera just like really you know the name you can read everything off and understand what they put into the into the product and that made it very comfortable for me okay this very this explains being natural but not using a lot of the chemicals I've ever seen in like when I like other brands I gotta try this and sure enough keeping it with my regiment changing my diet and also using the Korean products just did a 180 with my skin in less than six months I had never seen that type of 
transition for on, on anyone, including myself. And it just, it, it opened up a world for me. So I wanted to start sharing it that, you know, our skin is something that it, it varies. We can't always use the same products that we see in the, in the drugstores. We have to use different things. I think that are catering to us. And it just so happens a lot of the Korean products cater to um, women of color. So you were using more like Western skincare and then you just when kind I of, started out. Right. Exactly. Right. I think most people, I mean, in this, in the Western world, like that's how it starts. Right. But I mean, for for me too, like when I first discovered K-Beauty, it was more, like you said, it was that they singled out certain ingredients and they were very like advanced and it, the products were intriguing, but they were very innovative formulas too. And I don't think I found that here. Honestly, K-Beauty, I don't know, it just worked well for my skin too. Like right. I, th- I think it's also just in general how much more research things are like I mean we also we also bond a lot and we'll talk about both of us going to Korea but we bond a lot about that and I think Mm -hmm. when I was in Korea too and I visited the offices of some of these major k-beauty brands I saw how much research and how much you know time they put into their formulas and right isn't it isn't it so interesting I don't know it's amazing amazing. no it's it's amazing it's 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 so needed because like when you go to I think like a Western brand, you, the, 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 the active clean beauty was something that did not exist in 2000 In 2010, no. it did not exist. So for me seeing clean beauty and what it meant in Korea, which to my, for me, that concern was they've always been clean. Like it's clean beauty is, is a, it sounds like a trend when you say it, when you, it comes from here, right. like, Oh, we, we fall under this cute niche. But the act of actually clean beauty is something that is is always taken into consideration for a lot of Korean brands because it's something that they start for whatever reason. And they've always said, okay, well, we're not going to use overactive chemicals when we have natural ingredients. When we use hangbang, hangbang is literally just the herbs of nature. They, they're using things that they've already had possession of in their country for thousands of years it's the refinement and the technology that's used to process it properly for applications on the skin and in, and actually uh, and even ingesting it like they don't have like we talk about korea like we, my friend went one time and she got sick and when i say there is not a single soul of t- tylenol in sight or like advil or nyquil you're just sol when it comes to getting sick in korea like if you're american and you can't find if you don't bring it with you you're just out of luck we searched everywhere the pharmacies we went to the drugstores wow. with g20 we went everywhere 7-eleven they had no type of american pills like nothing no type of american flu flu uh, medicine nada we ended up having to get these like ginseng like like herbal root <laughs> like elixirs i had gotten from a, from a brand um this fermented vinegar and i'm like look dana you have to drink all of this for the next three days because I, I there we've looked everywhere like we now we know if we're going to bring over like an like Americanized like medicine we have to bring it with us you can't you're not going to find it there and I, we went to Itaewon, Hongdae, Gangnam we went to the area where they have most of their doctor facilities and hospitals no one had Nyquil <laughs> no one wow. had Dayquil pills you, you just you just can't find them well, you know, it's funny that you bring it up because I remember when I was in, you know, the little pharmacies and whatnot, I 
well, I mean, it's obviously flooded with skincare and beauty, but mm-hmm. I, I, it's so true. There really wasn't you like, a, yeah. uh-uh. even in the pharmacies, you re- they do all natural. They believe it's a process. It's a body. Your body has to just be kicked into gear. Mm. And that's why, like, like that's why um, a big thing there is ginseng root. So when mm-hmm. you see anything with ginseng root or with um, ginger, ginger is not as expensive. Like you can get ginger for like a dollar, um, or 50 cent even, but ginseng is like a $20 premium and ginseng is used for every ailment, whether it's your face, your stomach, it's kind of like, like put it on, put ginseng on it. If you have a scar. Kind of right. Thing. Right. So you're going to spend top dollar for it. And it's, it's used in almost every facet of their life lifestyle, whether it's the soup all the way to like your, again, your skincare. So they don't play. They are, they're not, they're not using their technology to just mill out a bunch of FDA approved types of like products. they they really do believe in holistic approaches for everything. And I think that's why I trust the, the, the culture as far as Cape beauty so much is because it's a holistic approach. They'll use some, you know, um, products like alcohol when they're using or acid or acid, something like that. They'll use some of those things, but like for the most part, it's always a natural ingredient that has to be found. I, I mean, there's going to be, you're going to see a lot of accounts or whatever. They're just going to talk about skincare and talk about it. But if you don't understand the reasoning why, mm-hmm. like it, it, I, it's not about promoting it to the point of like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm marketing out this brand and all of its great stuff. It's like, no, like there's a deeply rooted um, ideal and concept that has been birthed from like how the brand's created. Again, like I, I rave about 107 because 107 has to me one of the most unique um storylines and, and, and like just the, the missions and brand and brand um, conception because they use fermented vinegar in all of their products and fermented vinegar is like it's like wine for them in the country mm-hmm. it's, there's only so many families that even make it and the family that runs 107 is the, one of the families that actually makes it and it's primarily used to be drunk like for any type of herbal and natural like internal um assistance like the tea and everything like that so it's they just turned it into a skincare product but it's such a single ingredient that they refined for years just to be able to process it and um, produce it for their skincare. I feel like we could talk forever about our favorite K-beauty brands and I mean throughout the years I feel like I've stayed, I think for me at least, consistent with the brands I love from Korea. But then now there's so many new, you know, brands coming out. And I actually would love to hear your opinion. But like the mimicking, right? But they say it's K-beauty. So what, what, how do you view that as K-beauty? Like K-beauty to me is, is literally that like small, like uh, it, it's a very pretty bubble. Mm. And it's one that I have seen other like companies try to create that same pretty bubble and you know how you like you have that one bubble when you blow them and you're like oh my god that one is so good mm. <laughs> <laughs> no one I don't think I'm able to make that bubble again it's, it's kind of like that for me right it's because I I've seen so many brands do that and I find it a little I don't find it offensive I get why they're doing it but I know that it there is still there's not a lot of truth the one thing that I've always realized too is with k-beauty is that if you don't have at least one person of Korean culture that has experienced it in the room, it's, it's not going to work. Um, I can give a really good example of that as far as like how I feel. Um, Garnier, a couple of years back, like early, I think mid, mid um, to 2010, I would say, released their BB cream. 
And it was a quick response to the fact that BB cream was starting to become, and beauty bomb is what it is, mm-hmm. was starting to become a very trendy thing, part of the Hollywood wave. So you had these ranges that were kind of highly pigmented, not very, you had to mix it. With me, I had to mix a lot of the ones I liked. The darkest color that they had, I had to mix it with my foundation to wear it. But it was supposed to be, the Beauty Bomb was supposed to be a essential skincare um, product that just happens to have tinted color to it. So it's going to lighten your skin um, to give you a single skin, a tone, even tone, um, if you wear it. The problem with, K- with a lot of BB cream is that it always kind of whitens you out. And if you're a, a person of color, it's, it's never going to be a thing, right? But um, you can still use it for SPF. You can still use it for its, its um, sometimes some of them actually have like skincare ingredients tapped into it. So you can use it that way too, as kind of for, for even texture and, you know, for it'll actually work along with whatever your uh, treatment was for that day. It's not harmful against your skin or anything like that. Anyway, when they came out with that, it was to me a, a hot mess. I couldn't read anything that they put on it. It didn't, it, it, it felt kind of cakey and flaky. It wasn't, there wasn't a matte finish to it. And it was just a, it felt like it was a brand that was a drugstore um, a, comp, a competitor trying to release something that would be unique versus actually sitting down with a company from a person from Korea that's in the beauty industry mm-hmm. telling them how this process really works. It was rushed. It was mass produced. And I think, I think they've canceled it since then, but it was just kind of a mess to me. And um, I, I have always kind of lived under that same knowledge of um, knowing how that, how that particular push went that when I see brands that come up with, Oh, this is a K beauty, like, you know, um, a K beauty ingredients. So this is a K beauty process that they've done. I, I, I find it very hard to believe. Uh, um, yeah. A lot of brands will say like, Oh, well this was made in Korea. That I believe. Like if you, if you have the product and you're marketing it, but you're just saying it's K beauty, like approved, but you don't have like it was made in your same warehouse. Or it wasn't made in Korea. I can't guarantee that those products, that those those ingredients, are even going to be like as honest as you know other ones have. There's a lot I of agree brands. With you. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of indie brands that come out and they again to try to keep up. This and there's a lot of Korean ones. Don't get me wrong. Like you're still going to have those ones that don't necessarily do everything they say they do, and you have to be wary of that because that's always going to be something that happens. But for the most part, a lot of K beauty doesn't have drama if you look at like a lot of the business aspects of like compared to like how the western community we have a lot of drama cave beauty doesn't have that type of drama where they're outing each other and trying to put each other down um they're they're really saying i want to break into the, the western market we want to bring our brand to like the forefront how do we do that in the best possible way and if it's collaborating with a company like when um avon worked with the face shop or is it, you know, coming out on our own and just making a really big splash like um, Kaja, you know, mm-hmm. and, and working directly with like um, Americans and their skin color and concerns and their tones. Um, I think those ones are just trying to find the best way to be impressionable. But one, brands that are already established that are Western and then they're saying that they now have this whole like change of heart and they're going to clean beauty through Korean beauty. I I can't get on that bandwagon. I think that's a whole other discussion too, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's like taking things from different formulations and different cultures. Like we're talking about K-beauty specifically, but that also ties into the, the big discussion of the beauty industry and, and makeup in K-beauty or just in Korean culture. Just love to kind of dive into the topic of uh-huh. inclusivity really in K-beauty. Oh, yeah. And I'm not just talking skincare. I'm really just talking cosmetics and Mm -hmm. 
for me, exclusivity started in the being in the room. And I say that because I never ever thought I'd wear K K makeup. Like their the their approach to Korean cosmetic was they love that whole not wearing makeup, wearing makeup mm-hmm. look, which is cool. Like, uh, if you watch the dramas, if you see a lot the music videos, you can't really use because they do they do do a heavy look, a heavy impression. But like, they make it so comfortable that even the men wear it. So if the boys, if like the bands are performing, the boys will have on some sort of BB cream or concealer uh, for the process of making their skin look smooth and perfect. In pictures and magazines, they're wearing makeup, and it's become so natural that a lot of businessmen, when they go to work, they'll wear makeup. And it's just a very kind of natural thing. A lot of them, you know, won't, won't put anything on their skin, but they'll do that to appease um, and, and seem attractive. So the whole no makeup makeup look is very, to me, was very much started there. Like, it's like, okay, just a little bit of, a little bit of uh, pink on your skin, on your eyeshadow, on your eyes, make it fade a bit, um, make a little bit of peach on your, on your lips and then a beauty tint. So this makeup stains, so the lipstick stains or the lip tint, um, as if you're eating or drinking, it'll do this cute little fade, mm-hmm. but it'll never come off, right? I was like, I need a Kim Kardashian. Uh, I need the love and hip hop look. I love <laughs> the faded eyebrow, the contour, the cuts, the clean, uh, the different things like that. But I never played with makeup, so I'm just now getting into it. But I was never someone like, if I do an everyday look, I'm still going to have something on that uh, it pops. I just love something to pop on my skin. So I kind of always strayed away from Korean um, cosmetic. And as I started getting into the BB creams and the CC creams, because I don't like wearing concealers, I'm just I'm foundations, I'm just super, super lazy. I realized <laughs> that I had to do all of this stuff to make that work. And that started to kind of be a disappointing factor for me. So as far as exclusivity, I've always understood that Black people will always be the odd man out in certain types of demographics when it comes to skincare or makeup because we're fighting so hard to be accepted by Western. And if you think about it, if Western is the, is the main one that can kind of set the standard as far as beauty, which we are, you know, it's a European mm-hmm. concept, but we set the, we can t- change the tide. If we do that, then the, be- the standards of beauty will inevitably change. But, and I'm talking European, I'm talking everything. When we set the standard that pale is pretty and being, you know, lightly toned, no sun, no melanin in, in, in perfection whatsoever, that is what resonates across the globe. So when you look at a small country that is primarily homogeneous and have never had to cater to anyone else outside of Korean, um, maybe Japanese sometimes, and obviously after what happened in the um, 1950s and occupation of Japan, they were still clearly you know, being of the mindset that that was important. Korean beauty was like, this is our thing. So we're making this for Koreans. They never thought that they would have to make anything that would be differentiate from the shade ranges that they already have because they're working within their own bubble. So talking about exclusivity when it comes to Korean brands is saying, if you want to step outside of the bubble, if you want to kind of, it's kind of allegory in the cave. If you want to actually walk out of the cave, you're going to have to acknowledge that the, the, the market you're trying to break into has a wide variety and wide diversity, and you have to fit that mold. Mm. Else you are only going to cater to the people that are of this culture or of this Western society, and you will never really make a dent. And I think if you look at like Innisfree, or if you look at, uh, well, yeah, Nature Republic, we can mm. do a comparison. When Nature Republic came, they actually created a bunch of stores, I think across Western America. Most people didn't even know they existed. 
because they had never did a campaign. They just kind of opened the stores. And again, they were still catering to the Korean market. Some women of color may have walked in or, you know, Hispanic, uh, white, different uh, nationalities may have walked into the store, may have found something that was cute, a lip tint here, um, a, a eyeshadow here, a, a, a foaming cleanser here, but they were never being directed to say, I fit this. Mm-hmm. Innisfree came out with a BB cream range that was over, I think, 50, 50 different shades. And that happened only like two or three years ago. And it was insane when it happened because no one knew about it. They had, it. they had a shade that fit me and they have a shade that fit like my friend who's about two or three shades darker than me. And we were like, wait, when, and even then the concoction is still very rough. Like it still doesn't hit all tones, especially yeah. the undertones. But the fact that they didn't and didn't promote it, knowing that now you're trying to market to this particular diverse culture, that's the problem. It's the inclusivity without the acknowledgement. It's like, okay, we, we fit, right? Because we're in and you like us. So like, you know, buy the product. It's like, you can't do that. You, you have to have someone in the room. When I would walk into a room in Korea when I was going to a couple of meetings, the initial shock of seeing me was very evident because I guess they saw my name and my last name is Young. So for a lot of them that were really that can really throw them off, which is funny to me, like they think I'm somehow either part Korean or I'm I'm fully I'm fully like, you know, Korean. And then they see a key Lin, you actually can take it and write it in Hangul, which is really funny. So <laughs> my name it looks like I'm Korean to the most like young key Lin. And like my, I have two syllables right. as the first and then my final syllable as young. So when they see me walk in, they're just like, Teba. Oh, like they have no idea wow, that I'm black. Wow, they have wow. no idea I'm black. They have no idea that I'm going to walk in black. They're like, oh, uh, and they're like, uh, yes, come, come, come. And I'm like, oh, God, okay, I, I surprised you. And it's fine. I get it, especially when I went to the country because it, it, this would happen like when I would go get something to eat. And Ajima would see my hair and be like, let me, can I touch it? I'm like, yes, you can, nay, nay, Maja, yo, you can touch it. And um, <laughs> like, oh, they're uh, cool. like, you can, it's okay. Um, so it's always been something where I've always kind of represented the representation that was failing. Because when they talk about my reviews, for some reason, they see all the great pictures, but they never saw my account page, my face, my profile pic. And so then when they finally see like who I am, they're like, oh, oh, wait, you like our stuff? And we're like, I'm like, yes, that's why I reviewed it. That's why I'm interviewing you. That's why I want to put you on my blog. Hi. In Korean culture and beauty, are we talking now, do we put the same narrative when it comes to K-beauty? Because I think, I, I, sorry, just to skincare specifically, because I mean, let's say Cosrx, they don't, do they, they don't have any cosmetic, like uh, makeup, Mm-mm. right? They do not. But we still, we have to hold them accountable to have uh-huh. representation yep. in, in not only marketing, but in their rooms, in their meetings and, yep. and whatnot. So I think it's like a, a two thing because skincare, we see it in, I mean, we work in skincare, we see it. There's, they might not make makeup, but there's so much lack of inclusivity uh-huh. and everything. So it's not just the products, right? Right, right. And it's going to take like a large scale company to really start I think making that impression make it that common and the funny thing about it too is um, they a lot of them will create two accounts so if you see like one brand one will say USA and then one Mm. will say the Korean or like official and it'll be in Hangul and what's kind of sad is that 
they don't see a merging of the market. They see a separate market because either A, their demographic is not comfortable or not really understanding of seeing someone black in an image that is, because you've been to Korea and we can basically say like, there's never an image of a black person in Korea. Like there is never a advertisement. It is rare. It's It's, super, super rare. And if you do what they do is they're really, really big. Again, there's, it's kind of this weird like lag time when it comes to how they promote. Even if you think about it, even K-pop, K-pop is a lag time. Everything they think is cool now, we've done 20 years ago. Because when we started our pop culture, it started in like the 90s, the 80s, you know what I'm saying? Like that was when pop for us became a popular music. For them, it started in literally the mid-90s. And then from the mid-90s to now, K-pop is so big because it's reminiscent of what things we did when we were nostalgically 19 in 1995, 1991. Like the fact they have like music competitions. Those are the same thing as TRL. They let kids vote. And it's gotten so bad that they let them vote like on a global scale for like awards. So it's like we have the Grammys, but like the Grammys are an isolated condition. These the these these events are really done in lieu of the fans. The fan whatever the fans want around the world, they just vote and they get. And it's really kind of subjected to that versus like, okay, what's talent and then how's that talent being appreciated by their right. peers? So if you think about how lag time, the K beauty space is the same thing. They use celebrities. It's like BTS, you're going to see all these cutouts of BTS, of GOT7, of EXO, um, and they're the ones, or like um, Park, Jin, Park Jin-hun, um, like Lee Min-ho, any of these like brand deals, those brand deals don't go to influencers. Those brand deals go to a well-known Korean actor who will push their noodles all the way to their skincare line. And that's how they do it. So you're never going to see a person of color in any aspect unless it's like honestly high fashion. Like if you see a couture ad, it's because or a couture like picture of like in Bottega Venter or like Louis, it's because that is the universal standard they were sent. They did not do that in- inherently. That is what the look of it is. So like you'll see maybe a single black person amongst a, a big high fashion spread is because they have to use the same campaigns that universally were sent out to all of the company's um, networkings across the country, across the world. So it's never something that internally they've created. And if they do, it's very rare you're going to see it on the street or used in front of a skincare store as an ad. Um, so when they do that, even the social media reflects it. And that's why there's a split. So you have the Korean um, Instagram that is fully, you know, Korean women, um, very cute love, like love shots, holding the, the, the canister to their face and mm-hmm. kind of like looking out into the distance. And then you'll have like this crazy account that's the American one that is like fully diverse and it has like a black hand here. And then like a standing with a, a darker skin woman, a, a mid tone woman and then a lighter tone woman on the side. And it's just, it's total, like this is what this consumer wants versus this is what this consumer wants. And until they can find a way to merge that, this will always be a division that won't represent the entire company. And this blatant racism at the end of yeah. it, right? It's it's just to to put it all if people aren't uh-huh. still getting it. It's 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 literally a division that I think with just two Instagram accounts, you think, no, it's just because someone's gonna run the US account and someone's gonna run 
it's but it's not like if you're looking at both of those and they're the equal page right it's just exactly. it's not if it was maybe it would be a different story but it's just not at the end of the day not, right uh-uh. and we see that with fashion a lot i mean besides the beauty industry being so shaken right now the fashion industry is a complete mess right and yes. you were you were saying before how they should put this black woman as a model for the campaign but it should it should just be a given it shouldn't even have to be hey guys we have when it comes to korean beauty the problem is that like they're only mimicking what they see. It's kind of like monkey see, monkey do. If they see that the demographic fits their competitor, so if they're, comp- if they're competing against something like Oivale or like Revlon mm-hmm. or, or, or um, Neutrogenia, they're going to see that the standard is, you know, really pale, really thin, really, you know, white or Caucasian women that are what sells. So they're going to look at their competitor's demographics. They're going to look at their competitor's audience. They're going to look at the revenue because all those things are actually public public knowledge so you can get all that information download it and you can mimic it as far as the market value you're going to get maybe an american marketing company and telling you oh yeah this is the norm like this is the standard and then they're going to follow it because they want to beat or at least break into their competitors market so if our if the forethought if we're a forethought for the western of course we're going to be a forethought for the korean because they're not being they're not being shown that Oh, everyone's important. Diversity is important. They, these people won't buy it if it's not diverse. It's now happening because they're seeing it, but literally it's only because of a reaction of seeing how their competitors are, are, are like on shaky ground. It's not because it's the first innate idea. Mm. Because even like with 107, 107 is an indie brand. They want to be known in Asia, but they don't know that Southeast Asians, there are dark-skinned Asians that can use these products. There are, you know, that there, there are Asians that have money and have a fluency too that would probably benefit, but you don't ever really show them. So it's like, how do you, how, if you can't show them, how do you show a black person? Like, cause it's all in the representation of the mind. If you think that like, I can walk around and I may not have money because of my skin or like, uh, as affluent to you because of my skin tone, like something very, very just stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not going to assume I can walk into your store and spend thousands of dollars here and it's it's really surprising even when i walk into like a like high-end store in korea they're like oh i'm like yeah i i have the money to buy this i know what this is timmy i just wonder how can you base your judgment off someone when you just at the end of the day do not know them it's heartening to see in these types of industries that it's just all based on assumptions unfortunately and it shouldn't yep. be and at this point it's really how are we gonna break the, those standards or how are these are these brands listening to us are they performative are they why did it take so long what's you know it's a lot of questioning and a lot of reflection and you know we're seeing it a lot in our little circle in the skincare community right and Correct. I mean, it's no black person. It's shaky ground. Right. And mm-hmm. it's no black person's job to be educated. And I tell you this with my whole heart, but sharing your knowledge with everything you know is so giving and telling of just the kind of person that you just love to give. But you don't owe anyone that. That's yeah. You've worked hard for that. You don't owe yeah. me education on this when I could do it myself or anyone mm-hmm. listening for that matter. And... I think it's up to us to really, or non-Black people to really push that agenda and, and question, why are we allowing these companies to let this behavior slide, right? Exactly, exactly. And, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And because we've always been here. That's kind of why I did my right. video before. I was just like, you know, it's not like we've, we've, we, we didn't exist. We didn't pop up yesterday. Like, we've always been here. And, and mm-hmm. we, have, we have contributed to a lot of your culture, like the stuff that you like, oh. the stuff that you want to get into. 
it wasn't founded just like I was watching Madam C.J. Walker on um, on Netflix, and it is uh, I think Woman of the Century, and it's amazing. It is a it is just an amazing story, only because like for for what it's worth, yes, he kind of did steal it, but at the end of the day, <laughs> like she she made it to where it was acceptable for black women to care about themselves and care about their hair and care about how we did business and put us in the room. And it was a fight. It was a fight to do that, regardless of, you know, whether she begged, borrowed or stealed, she still had to fight. And that's how it always feels like we have to fight. And some of us are just tired of fighting. Like Mm -hmm. I, I never wanted to put myself out to be, to be too vulnerable just because it's like, I, I genuinely love what I do. That's why people ask me the time, well, Keelan, do you want to make your own skincare? And I'm like, no, because I feel like if I have to invest like my, my work, like my, my job, if I make it my job, I'm going to hate it. And I don't want to hate this. This is something that I do because I enjoy it. And I'm just sharing. It's like a journal that I'm opening to the world. That's willing to listen. If you have questions, I'm willing to answer because Mm -hmm. I, I love it that much. But if I were to put like a dollar sign behind me like my livelihood of this I I would it would turn ugly because I would be fighting all the time I feel like I would be fighting to and I I don't want to be angry when I do this when I take pictures and I get to use a product and I talk about it I really do love it and I don't want that to turn negative or have bad vibes or or be attached to something that I can't confidently want to be a part of anymore you know so I never I will always will keep these separate because it's something that I enjoy that I have many enjoyments but this is the one that I really benefit from like I found confidence through it and that's what I'm preaching is it's like I want you to be able to find confidence through you know taking care of your canvas before you paint makeup on or anything Mm. this is your canvas this is what this is the first thing you wake up to see every day and that was how I felt I wake up to see this can I not fix this can I not correct this or make this better improve it enhance it and as I've been doing it over the years yeah I can and I just wanted to share that you know yeah. So, <laughs> so that that was always like that was always my goal is just to review and try different things that no one ever heard of, and and tell different stories from com- from companies that you know maybe not even looking to to have that many people's eyes on them, but they get a few. I've I've met so many brands at like KCON and everything like that that are like, well, yeah, we just we we have this stuff. We 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 sell it in Korea. We're doing pretty good. We just wanted to share it with America, and I'm like, no, this is great. I have this lip tint. Um, this lipstick is beautiful, bright color red, and I love it. And it's called for it's one million red. And this brand is in Korea. It came one time to KCON. Have not seen them again. Have not seen much advertising here. And it's something that I love telling people about because it's like the color is so good. Every either a brown red or red red. Ooh. It's, it's yeah. I was I was I'll send you a pic. It's it's they're such a pretty color and they're a cream matte. So oh, it stays love, on all love. day. Oh, you have to right. send me a picture. I'm like, wait, I, I want to see you in red lipstick, honey. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put it on. Yeah, it is such a pretty color, and like no one knows about them. And I'm like, dude, come on. Like, I mean, like I, that's that's how I feel about it. It's always it's fun exploring. I get to right. travel from the comfort of my home and from just you know looking up things. So that's really what wow. I want to share. Uh, but the, the performativeness in, in in brands right now, as far as exclusivity, is something that. Like, that's really what's going to be telling. I think I know Korean brands are going to do their best to try because that's the thing. They don't know. And I I give them only a slither of, I give them a slither of credit because at the end of the day, you didn't make this for Americans. You didn't make this for any specific person other than your your culture. Mm -hmm. And here we are embracing everything about it. And you have to figure out how you navigate that. 
And I understand that idea of it. It's like you're coming in, you don't know what you're doing. You're just, you're just selling it. You don't know, should I make this, that, and this? And that's why I'm willing to talk to them and be like, look, you need to have someone in the room that understands where you're coming from. Like I worked with one brand and real quick, uh, I went to visit them and they told me that they were going to, they are super excited about having this contract with Walmart. And I said, excuse me? <laughs> no. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, oh no, yeah, we're about to sign with Walmart and they're going to sell our product. They're like, I was like, did you, did you look at the contract? Do you know what Walmart is in America? Or at least in, in the Western mm. world? And she was like, no. I said, it's a discount store, sweetheart. What did they, what did they charge you? And like, what did they tell you? And she was, she gave me a little bit of it. And then I, my marketing, like predatory marketing was just blaring in my head. So I, I just blurted. I said, don't reread that contract because they're a discount store, meaning that you are already going to be at a deficit when you enter that store and they're either going to owe them money or they're going to lowball you to sell your product and get more money on the cheap end. Do not do this. And they didn't. I really? turned around, I turned around two months later did not see them on their website, did not see them in the store. Why? Because they did not know what Walmart was. They just heard this huge big box company was willing to offer them a certain amount of money for their, for their products to sell, and they did not know what they were getting into. They had never seen Walmart. Walmart doesn't exist in Korea, so they had no idea what that was. And sure enough, they didn't sign it. I, another, another brand told me that they were um, offered by a by TJ Maxx and Marshalls, like TJ Maxx overall or overarching to be in their store. And I'm like, that's a discount store. Y'all got to be careful. So it's, it, it's really them just getting all, hearing all this big, great things and, but not really knowing anything about it. And I mean, to the, to literally breaking into the market level, no knowledge. And then, you know, making, making the, making bad decisions in lieu of trying to Beat their, trying to keep up with their competitors or keep up with their with their counterparts and it's it's hard it's scary to hear them you know to hear them tell me like oh yeah we're super excited I'm like no no you're not <laughs> well, don't do this you know it's funny you say this because like when I went to Korea and I I went for a work and a partnership I had and they don't they don't know they don't, they don't, I mean, we introduced the company I was working with and how we wanted to introduce K, well, skincare to begin with, but it was K-beauty specifically. And for them, it's this new concept, but like, it's just, I, I don't know, some of the brands I worked with were very picky. So maybe they already kind of knew or they had their research done, but at the same time, it's hard. You're going to, from mm-hmm. Canada to Korea, you know, it's, just, it's, a, it's a yeah. disconnect and there's so many things that we don't know on their end. And it's just really how on both ends people need to be smart and do their research and actually like dive deeper than just say hey this is a great opportunity but that's like even for us as creators we can't just you know accept exactly right right honestly moving forward I just really hope that we as consumers you know we vote with our dollar at the end of the day we exactly we comment we we support and again I I I understand that that really like for me I've never always I think the reason why I never even get into like a lot of the foundation and like the fight sometimes because for me I've never I've always been for a lot of brands the deepest shape so if I, I've always kind of fit but I realize that even in that is a privilege and that privilege I I do need to acknowledge it and say you know what there are others that I know I have family members I have like siblings I'm the lightest person in my family like that the immediate family members I'm my mother's darker than me my dad is darker than me and my brother is darker mm-hmm. than me and 
I've always been able to have like a, a pretty easy, easy way of getting into like foundation shade ranges. And, but I know that I have sisters and sorority sisters and family members who, who can't. And if I don't sit there and preach the importance of this going deeper than just me, then I'm doing nothing but also hindering progress or, or, or not acknowledging it because I'm benefiting. And that in and of itself is silence and, and violence of it. So I'm always now preaching, if I'm going to wear a BB cream all the way to a foundation, it better have enough shade ranges. It better be something that my mom can wear, something that my, my, you know, my family members can wear because it's not right. And it's not something, and honestly, we shouldn't have to be saying anything about this anymore. Like, duh, there are brands that have catered in the past. And, but if you're going to be a new brand and you don't have this, you don't have a, a decent shade mm. range, then you need to shut up and just fall back like just just fall back the fact that Innisfree came out with over 50 shades and they and they did they launched these shades and they shade the, I have no the idea was, I, I, was, I have like two shades that fit me which is crazy and the shade ranges are you know it's 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 fast but they still have work to do because it's great for a plain shade if you can't you need undertone or like high like warms and dark and deeps and lights that ain't that but the fact that it was something that when they came out to into the American market they came back because you can't find it in Korea. Found that out when I went the last time. So what? that was wow. specific for their American line. You cannot find even, you can't test it. So you can go to the store that's in Santa Monica and you can go test, but you cannot find that same range of shades in Korea itself. So it was made for the market breakout it, it here. It wasn't made for anything else outside of that. When Avon worked with the face shop, Avon pushed the color strain, color ranges because the face shop didn't have it. So you got the formula of the face shop, which is I love their formula, but you get you you got the ranges because of Avon. You know what I'm saying? So it's really mm. that work that has to be and that's not bad. That's not I know that Dr. Dart is planning to release um a, a deeper, deeper range. I know Misha is too. So these brands that are moving over here, it's terrible that it's now coming up. But it is something that technically they've heard these cries before. Like they know this is a problem. Three having four colors was never gonna work here in general. It was never gonna work. So like you have to make this change if you're gonna if you wanna compete here. And I get that. It's just that, you know, it's it's not something that was a forethought because they never knew they would have to do it. And that is where it comes down to saying you need black people in the room. You need people of color in the room. You need to be hiring and acknowledging that if I'm going to compete in this market, things have to change over a global scale because I have to be, I want to be rep represented as a global company. They, well, I'm not going to slap, I'm not going to slap on their hands. I'm not going to do that because at the end of the day, there is no way that they should know better. Western companies should know better, but the ones that are coming over in the K-beauty space, they are going to acknowledge that seeing their Western counterparts being reprimanded means they have to take a stand. So it's kind of like being a little kid in the room watching your mm -hmm. older brother get in trouble. Like, well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not, I got to do better than that because I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, you don't because they're already, our, their feet are being held to the fire now. And it's, it's sad that it has to be like that. And I still can't guarantee it's mm -hmm. going to change, but it's not something that I'm, I'm pushing anymore because it's like I shouldn't have had to say anything before in the, in the past. If y'all don't get it, if you don't get nope. it now, you're never going to get it. And that's okay. There are brands that we've seen in the space that won't get it. And that's fine because at the end of the day, it's like I'm not putting my money to you 
but you're going to have people that are, you're going, you, you fit your mold. And that's, that's, that's enough for me to be like, yeah, I'm just not going to be a part of that party. I'm not going to attend that event. I'm not going to do that because it's not fair. And, but what is relatively fair in a world where money and being and being notarized is more important. And it's how we come to terms with, I mean, I'm just talking as someone who's not black or just not a person of color, how our privilege speaks louder than silence. So it's very easy for all of us to, it's also willing, right? right? We hear a lot about uncomfortable, you know, like Fumi always says, uncomfortable is necessary. (laughs) It's It is, but isn't it so much more energy to just sit in denial than sit in the power of saying, hey, no, this has to be changed. Don't we want to live in a world of change? But but yes, we do. But remember too, denial means that I've only affected one person and that's myself. And that's, yep. and that's what a lot of these brands do. Again, a lot of these brands, we know for a fact, aren't, aren't created by people like you that are deep knowledge and rooted in exhibition. I and mean, that's the reason why I love a lot of the Korean brands is that even if they don't know what they're doing, they hire the right people to know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But you never hear a brand mm-hmm. is solely being created by someone or solely being, it's oh, never, no. Korean brands won't ever do that. It's always a collaborative effort and the company always stands up, out, not the person. Yep. But we also know that there are thousands right now in the beauty industry and skincare industry that have been made by one single person that promote that mm-hmm. person like crazy. And then it's only saving grace for that person. And I mean, Stafford Wives from Texas, like only person made the company. And so we're protecting this person. But this person has no background experience in skincare or is not a dermatologist oh. or not an esthetician. Just, I made a brand, look. So we're it's it's so self-centered here and that's the problem so yeah. deniability comes at, away from you don't have to be accountable when you care when you don't care about anybody else your deny your denial comes when you only care about yourself and you only care about what you think this is going to have an effect on you i've learned so much from you and just talking to you over the past hour i cannot even imagine the people in your life the privilege they get <laughs> to just have you it's Girl, true, please. my love. It's I bother true. half it's my friends. True. I want my best friend. I force her to be my friend. I'm a terrible person. What? <laughs> what? And please do it. I do never say that about yourself ever. No, that it's funny. I forced the... her. <laughs> I forced her on our first like friend date. We went and got sushi because I was like, "You like what I like." No. And then, like, yes. what ten years later, we both moved out to LA at the same time, and she used to be my roommate, and now she has her own great things going on, and she's my podcast host. So, like, literally. my friends uh, it's it's I'm such a chill person too like I I I love talking Mm -hmm. about it because I'm I never try to force anything on anyone I I can go from bougie to like sidebar uh you know dive really quick I just my my personality just wants to make sure I have like all my friends and can get along and whatever Mm -hmm. but I have like eight different friend groups I go from anime club to to like bougie high-end restaurant <laughs> really quick yes <laughs> but I love that about you and that's why I think I'm so intrigued by you as a person and now I think I can really call you, you my can. friend I mean I hope you, I because uh, I, I, I know I know <laughs> and I love that you've given me that space to have that friendship with you because you're such a beautiful person and I said this in the beginning and I'll say it now you create a safe space you're very open I mean, you kept up with me saying, hey, let's do the podcast next week. I think five times I've told you that. And 
you know, realistically, I just couldn't. You've been busy, and that's amazing because you should yeah, be in a time frame where I have by, been been by myself. Being busy has been has been such a honestly to me it's been a privilege. Being having something to do right, like I right. cannot I've never been someone with idle fingers. I love doing something, so I mm-hmm. I knew it was coming, but I also knew that you were working on your dream. So believe me, take your time. Oh. That's the most important Cute. thing. <laughs> Everyone, if you have a dream, please pursue that. That's the biggest thing. It's like I never thought this would be like where I would be, but I also never thought I would do some of the things I have done because of it. And doing this with you, this was this is amazing. Like, I, I never think people want to know about me. I'm so serious. I'm like, ah, I'm not what? That, I'm, I'm not that interesting. Am I? Like, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm goofy, well, but am I interesting? <laughs> you are. Not only are you funny, you're truly one of the most intelligent people that knows a lot about an industry that is so vast and so big. And, you know, like, as an esthetician myself, I know a lot about ingredients and formulas and whatnot, but I have, it's not even about comparing. I just think if you think just because you're a nasty or a derm that you think you know about skincare, but like what you do is doing what a lot of people can't. And I feel like we're so self-taught. Yes. Like I hate math, but I love, I do my own personal mm-hmm. finances and I actually like my spreadsheets. I'm like, yes, I love calculating, but it's all also you're you're confined you're exactly and you're and you're and you're, and you're demanded yeah. to learn it from a book and even this even goes back to like mm-hmm. again history of black people and, and slavery i didn't know mm-hmm. half the stuff i knew honest to god if i had listened to hamilton and like i didn't learn in school like I, you can't tell me i wouldn't have understood all of like the the how the judicial system and the u.s government was built if i had listened if you made it like hamilton and made it a rap battle i totally get it but like the fact that <laughs> You you have a book where you have literally redacted several key points of history because you felt that it was yep. not uh, valuable, but it, it, it explains, like, my culture. Like, here's the crazy part, too. So I did one of the, like, um, 23, um, the history and ancestry. Yes. I'm from yep. Sierra Leone, but, like, like my, primarily, but I'm also Scandinavian. I'm also Greek. I'm also Dutch. I'm also Finnish. Greek? Yeah, my, like yeah, me. I'm Greek. So I can't wait to go to Greek. And I love Greek, yeah. I love Greek oh. mythology. So like when I found that out, I was like yes. just tripping over my head. Um, so, but wow. those are things that for me, like now that I know what the different like components that make me, me, I want to go to those places. I want to learn about those things. But Sierra Leone was so important mm. because it was where primarily many of the slaves would be brought through to, um, to America or to the colonies during the, during slave trade. So it was a port and like, no one, I didn't know Sierra Leone was at. When I was when I was in um, middle school and high school, I had no idea that was where they were taking people like from their country, and that was the port ship area. So it's like it's an, it's incredible that there's so much that they felt we weren't supposed to know about how we mm-hmm. got here. Travel mm-hmm. and history and and pl- being in places we never thought has always been happening, and I think that's why it's like you would never know that you would never learn that unless you took your time to actually do your own research and like study outside of the box that you were told every day to go to to go to school quote-unquote in by your parents because there's so much more knowledge out there than we really had the privilege to know I've met so many beautiful people and like believe me like I this is what I wanted I mean in the sense of like I wanted to be able to meet people that were from different backgrounds through the community and I've Mm -hmm. met so many great people and you're one of them and you've been super supportive to my account and again like from whenever I I first saw saw your account and like how 
beautiful your soul was, I immediately followed. And I just, I listen to things that you mm. say. I hear you. I, I love hearing you talk. Um, you're such, your vibe is just so peaceful and tranquil. And it's something that even uh, my darkest day, if I can hear something that you said in the story, I just, I read, I read, I replay it. Cause it's like, I just love oh. hearing someone asking like, how are you doing? You don't hear that enough in, in this space sometimes. And it was weird when it came through after everyone had thing, like everyone started like messaging me, like, are you okay? How are you doing? And I'm like, ah, this doesn't feel wholly genuine. But whenever I hear mm-hmm. it like from your page, it's like, oh, it is genuine. It's, you're, you're genuinely wanting to know how my soul is doing. And I feel that and it yeah. resonates and I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here and taking the time to be here with Keelan and I. We are so grateful to have had this conversation and I truly hope this ignited something in you to spark that internal dialogue within yourself on how to promote inclusivity in our day-to-day lives, how we can push that agenda of inclusivity, as my beautiful friend Kwani would say. Connecting through technology is such a privilege and what a privilege it is to have this intimate form of connection. That is far, but is actually so close there is something about wavelengths through speech that's so beautiful to me and I'm, I'm really grateful to have that right now with that being said i leave you with all my hugs and all my love remember to hold on to yourself a little tighter a little longer i look forward to chatting in the next episode thank you again for being here always i love you